Welcome to Truth Revealed Ministries, the weekly broadcast from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York, with Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised, infallible, and impregnable Word of the Living God. Our prayer is that today's message draws you closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Albert. Greetings. God bless you. It is my pleasure to share the Word of God with you today. Uh, my title is To Tell the Truth. I want to start out by just sharing something we may all be familiar with. There was a show back in the 60s and the 70s literally called To Tell the Truth. This show had three contestants and two of them were frauds and one of them was the real person of note. There were three celebrity judges, and their job was to seek the truth by asking questions and gathering facts. The questions are designed to discover the real identity of the illustrious life of one of those contestants. And at the end of the show, the host would ask, will the real person please stand up? And then, of course, all three contestants would stand and sit and stand and sit and kind of motion that they were the one until the real person remained standing. And then the audience would applause and everything would be a, a, a laughing matter and that people would be fascinated to discover if they were the ones to discover the true identity of the person or if they were uh, duped by the two frauds. And uh, I remember that show as a kid growing up, and we used to watch it all the time and kind of laugh at the end. But, you know, that show was designed to point to the truth of the identity of someone. But the reality is it used deception to get there. So with that in mind, I want to open up with a small word of Scripture. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 32. It says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And if you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How many of us actually abide in God's word? How many of us meditate on God's word? How many of us actually ponder God's word? Truth is found in his word. Psalm 119, 160 says, the entirety of thy word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and it will set you free. Many of us hear the truth of God's word, and oftentimes we still remain in bondage. Many of us are not free. And you got to think about that. Why would that be the case? Well, the scripture gives us a couple of hints. Matthew 7, 24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And you scroll down a few verses later, verse 26 and 27. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see, knowing the truth means responding to the truth, literally doing the truth, applying truth to your life. Let me give you a couple of examples. Computer technicians, they know the computers that they work on. They know the hardware. They know the software. Mechanics know the cars that they work on, all different types of cars. Chefs know how to cook. They'll cook you delicious meals. Racers know how to race their cars. Athletes know their sport, and they play at the highest level, and so on. See, all these people are free to perform because of their knowledge of the truth in their field. Knowing a person means understanding their nature. For example, I know my wife would never do that. Uh, some people would say, I know my husband likes this type of food. I know this person is never late. There must be something wrong. You see, when we start to know people, we're free in the relationship because of the knowledge in that relationship you have of this person. Pontius Pilate asked Jesus the proverbial question, what is truth? Jesus who is truth personified, was standing right there in front of him. And Pilate, instead of waiting to get the answer, he walked away. That's right. He walked away from truth, who was standing right in front of him. And it's not really a weird thing that he did that. So often, we too walk away from the truth. Why do you think? Because the truth hurts. Oftentimes, the truth offends. And many people are afraid of the truth. It takes me back to the film with uh, A Few Good Men, Jack Nicholson, that real big crescendo moment in the film. He says, you can't handle the truth. The reality is that seems to be true for many people. We just can't handle the truth. Why do we walk away from the truth? Because it makes us see the ugly inside of us. So many Christians or profess Christians actually lie to ourselves, literally, on a daily basis. And I know you're probably saying, wow, that's a pretty bold statement. Well, yeah, it is. But let me explain. Lies keep us in bondage. Lies enslave us while truth releases us and frees us. John 8, 32 through 34, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say unto you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You see, brethren, at the root of every sin is a lie. That's right. Deception. Deception is the glue that holds every stronghold together. Satan is a lie. Not only that, the Bible says he's a father of all lies. There is no truth in him. His specialty is twisting a lie until it seems true. And he makes us have this victim type mentality. Let me give you a few examples of some of the lies that he puts into us. People will say, I could never be victorious over this compulsion. I've had it too long. People will say, I can't help the mess that I'm in. I'm caught and there's nothing that can be done about it. 
Others will say, yes, this may be a stronghold, but I really need it to get by. While others would even confess, I'm absolutely worthless. I'm nothing. I'm a failure. Then we have the funny uh, ones. Well, I can stop whenever I feel like it. I'm in control here. And what happens is uh, oftentimes we forget the whole point. And we are so duped by the deception of the enemy that we're trapped. Let me tell you that God is the father of all creation, the one and only true God. Satan, the lie, can never be God. So he is the father of lies. Let's see what Jesus said in John 8, 42 through 45. He says, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. When we don't believe the truth, we're actually in league with the enemy. We're in league with Satan. It's that simple. Jesus came forth from God. God's word is truth. He is the living word. He is the bread from heaven. Why can't people understand him? Why are they unable to receive his speech? Because they're deceived by their father, the devil. Now, digest that for a moment. I know this is a strong word, but it's very important that we understand. You see, in John 8, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees in regards to all their questions, and it really started with the adulterous woman. Pharisees at that time were the religious elite. They were the chief priest of Israel. They were the ones who were supposedly speaking the truth of God's word to the people. Jesus told them that they were, quote, of their father, the devil, end quote. Think about that. That's serious. It's like a, a kablam. You know, when you've seen these old Batman movies, pow, on the screen, you know, that was a total diss of them, a disrespect, if you will. John 8, 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? You see, that statement in and of itself was a lie. They were in bondage to themselves. We all need to understand that we as Christians are an extension of God's hands here on earth. God uses his people to do his bidding on this earth. Many profess to be saints of God, but we lie to ourselves. Many profess to love the poor, but we lie to ourselves. Many profess to bear each other's burdens, but we lie to ourselves. Many profess to love our neighbor as ourselves, but we lie to ourselves. Many profess to live by the golden rule. Many profess to be colorblind. Many profess to tell the truth, but the reality is we lie to ourselves. Let me uh, share a poem with you. This poem is entitled, The Praying Hypocrite. Now, before I go in, let me tell you my little preacher's jokes. I say them at my church all the time. People are always saying, you know, I don't like to go to church because there's too many hypocrites there. And I always tell them, and there's always room 
for one more. And I tell them, I'd rather go to church with a few hypocrites than to end up in hell with all of them. And that's funny, but the reality is it's true. Let me read this poem again. It's entitled, The Praying Hypocrite. It says, I knelt to pray when day was done and prayed, Lord, bless everyone. Lift from each heart the pain and let the sick be well again. And then I woke again one day and carelessly went on my way. The whole day long I did not try to wipe a tear from any eye. I did not try to share the load of any brother on the road. I did not even go to see the sick man just next door to me. Yet once again, when every day was gone, I prayed, Lord bless everyone. But as I prayed into my ear came a voice that whispered ever so dear, Pause, hypocrite, before you pray. Whom have you tried to bless today? God's sweetest blessings always go by hands that serve him here below. And then I hid my face and cried, Forgive me, Lord, for I have lied. Let me but live another day, and I will live the way I pray. Pretty powerful, huh? It really drives the nail home, <laughs> or puts the nail on the coffin, if you will. People sometimes, we, we really are our own biggest enemy because we can't be truthful with ourselves. I, I often tell people sometimes I have to pray, Lord, save me from me. Save me from myself. Because we could be our worst enemy sometimes trying to defend the very things that are preventing us from going deeper into the presence of God. Dealing with truth means having the Holy Spirit and the courage of the Lord to live in the truth even if it hurts. Lies are produced in secrecy, and that really is Satan's tactic. Secrets in the hearts and minds of people. Secrets in the soul. Lies keep us bound because we have to remember the lie. I remember it years ago, I had a job and one of the coworkers, he literally had what he called a book of lies. His wife was so uh, astute and she knew everything about this guy so he would have to write down his lies and in chronological order with dates and times because his wife would always try to catch him in the lie and he had a book of lies and while that sounds funny it's pretty pathetic and it's pretty sad but he had to remember his lies uh, uh, with his wife you see it takes much more effort and commitment to keep a lie than it is just to tell the truth the truth, no matter how tough it is, sets everything and everyone free. Problems can be resolved by just speaking the truth. Truth is its own defense. Truth doesn't need a lawyer. Truth makes no excuses. Dr. Ed Cole, he says a half-truth is a whole lie. You could never build anything on a lie. Sometimes we're very aware of tolerating or even fueling a lie. We call it a little white lie. And other times we're caught up in such a deep web of lies that we can't seem to get out of it. So how do we find Satan in any situation? Well, really simple, look for the lie. How do we recognize a lie? Anything contrary to God's word, that's a starting point, is a lie. Satan's specialties, secrecy, shame, deception, and most importantly, distortion of scripture, which is the distortion of truth. 
Satan wants to keep us in secrecy, where he can weigh us down and keep us bound with guilt and misery and shame. Our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, he wants to loose us from the closets of secrecy and bring us into a spacious place of joy, of freedom, authenticity, and most important, transparency. Satan knows that once we expose our secret places of our lives to the light of God's word, then we are on our pathway to freedom. So let's talk a little bit about transparency and accountability. First, we need to be truthful with God and ourselves. We need to be transparent before God. God knows our thoughts, our secrets, our desires, and the innermost parts of our lives. Why do we think that we can fool Him? Of all people, we're supposed to analyze ourselves. Go before the Lord with those results. Number one, examining ourselves. Are we in the faith at all? 2 Corinthians 13, 5, Paul said, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Number two, we need to speak and live truth. Live in love with each other. You see, when you know God's word, you fall in love with God's word. And God's word is truth. When you know God's word, you begin to live God's word. You become a doer instead of just being a hearer. When you speak God's word, you become a credible and visible witness of the truth in his word. Let me talk a little bit about having an accountability partner. We hear that term quite a bit in the Christian church, but the reality is it is an important thing to have an accountability partner, someone that you could uh, uh, share your confidence, your, your secrets, your, your, your struggles, uh, someone who's mature in the faith, who will pray with you, keep a confidence with you, who will fast and seek God together with you. You know, James 5, 6, it says, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. I'm not suggesting that you go in front of the whole church congregation and tell everyone every detail of every sin you've ever committed. Notice that James 5.16 refers to the confessions that we make to others, while 1 John refers to the confessions that we make unto God. So let's note the contrast. We share our weaknesses, our faults, our mistakes to others, while we share every detail of our sin, of our shortcomings unto God. I like to say, ventilate vertically and not horizontally. Brethren, people of God, those listening to this message, I want you to understand one very important truth. God can take it. God can handle whatever you've done, whatever you've been through, whatever failure you might have experienced in your life, every single detail. God is able to forgive you. His blood is able to wash away 
every sin you've ever committed. He can sanctify you as if you've never sinned even once in your whole life. He has seen it all before. He has dealt with everything throughout all of history. And let me tell you, God isn't scared of what you have done. Oftentimes, our past can weigh us down so much. Our past sins, our regrets, and these things can be a major obstacle in letting go and seeking after God. Let me tell you the truth, people. If we're going to live in freedom, we really have no choice but to renounce every single secret sin, every single place of failure in our life, literally exposing even the smallest detail to the light of God's word and to the Holy Spirit. Turn your life over to the Lord. Be set free from that secret prison, that secret place of bondage, that place of depression and, and, and hurt and pain. Let it go. Revelations 21.5, Jesus said, Behold, I make all things new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. People, we need courage to put this into practice. This courage leads to glorious and an indescribable liberty and victory in Christ Jesus. If we're honest with ourselves, no one wants to be around a liar. No one can really trust a liar. And if you've ever been lied to, you know the pain that it causes. Let me share a little story with you. There was a man who saw an ad in the paper advertising a talking dog for sale, and the price was only $20. He knew it wasn't possible, but his curiosity got the best of him. So he went home and the owner ushered him in into a side room and there was the dog. The man was left alone with this dog. So he tentatively asked, can you talk? Yes, said the dog. The man was amazed. Where have you been all this time? Asked the inquirer. Well, the dog replied, first, I was a bomb sniffing dog for the CIA. After that, I became a seeing eye dog for Stevie Wonder. Then, for a time, I was in the Broadway show Annie, where I played Sandy. The man was amazed, and he went to the owner. He said, I have to hand it to you. That dog really does talk. But why are you willing to get rid of him for only $20? The owner replied, sure, he can talk, but he's such a liar. <laughs> the reality is we don't want to be around a liar. And, and oftentimes we're the ones doing the lying. You know, we think of it, you know, every time someone calls the house and says, yeah, I'd like to speak with your wife. And your wife is at the end of the table saying, no, 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 I'm not here. Tell them I'm not here. And you say, well, she's not here right now. And, uh, you know, can I take a message for her? Well, you know what? That's a lie. That's what we call a little white lie. But the Bible says that liars will not have their place in the kingdom of God. It's a really serious offense to God. Let me conclude. Our responsibility is to go ye therefore and preach the good news to this world. The world is blind and hopeless in sin. And guess what? Those of us in Christ Jesus, we have the antidote. We have the cure for the world's ills. And we have the truth of God's word. Are we saving the truth 
for our loved ones, or are we ashamed of sharing the truth? There's a story of a woman named Rose Crawford who had been blind for 50 years. She said, I just can't believe it. She gasped at the, as the doctor lifted the bandages from her eyes after the, her recovery from a delicate surgery in an Ontario hospital. She wept for joy when for the first time in her life, a dazzling and beautiful world of form and color greeted eyes that were now able to see. The amazing thing about this story, however, is that 20 years of her blindness had been unnecessary. She didn't know that surgical techniques have been developed and that an operation, a very simple operation, could have restored her vision at the age of 30 years old. The doctor said she just figured that there was nothing that can be done about her condition. Much of her life could have been different. As I read the news, the accounts of her life, the same question comes to mind. Why did she continue to assume that her situation was hopeless? Had no one told her about the wonderful advances in eye surgery? Then I think a little further. I thought of the plight of those unreached by the gospel. How many will go on living in moral blindness unless we bring them the truth of the Savior? Millions will never know anything but spiritual darkness because no one has shared with them the truth and the light that has come into the world. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Guess what? Those in Christ Jesus, that means you and me, you are that preacher today. It's your assignment. Can you handle it? Are you ready? Are you ready to tell the truth? Saints of God, think about that and allow God's spirit to tug on your heart. Allow him to flood you with his truth and be set free from the prison of your past. I pray that God blesses you today, that you are equipped, refreshed, and challenged to draw nearer to his Holy Spirit. God bless you. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. You are all in our prayers. We're able to bring this radio ministry to you because of the generous support of listeners like you. If you've been blessed by today's program, consider partnering with us. For love offering of any amount, we'll send you a CD of today's message. Visit our website, specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. That's specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday soon. We thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you.